0: been awesome so far, and Marcus used to introduce me to everybody as the intern. Like, I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. I feel like we still don't know exactly what we're doing all the time, but I'm like, all right, I'm the intern. What does that mean? Do I need to, like, learn how to juggle or something when I'm introduced to people? Like, what do I do? But, I don't know, I'm just living life and helping out wherever I can. So, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little uncomfortable up here. I haven't done this in a while, but this morning I actually put on deodorant so (laughs) yeah exactly it's kind of a new thing to me you know (laughs) that's the first lesson also cleanliness is next to holiness it says in the bible so wear your deodorant not just on sundays (laughs) uh, all right i'm gonna pray for us dear god thank you for this opportunity to be here thank you for your beautiful snow and your creation thank you for everybody that's here just for a hunger and thirst to get to know you more we just pray that you'd be here in these people's hearts and minds, and you'd be with me with your Holy Spirit to deliver this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Alright, so I am not a Bible scholar of any sort, but the past year and a half, almost two years, I have done a lot of ministry works and schools and programs, kind of like this. And it started out... Well, I'll start at senior year of high school, just to give you guys a background. I went to Big Bear, Southern California, to teach snowboarding and live. There's more jobs out there than where I'm from in Northern California, the middle of nowhere. i would probably be working on a farm. Actually, I did do that, but I'd probably still be there. So I went to Big Bear and worked and worked. And I grew up poor, so I wanted to make a lot of money. So that became my focus, was just to work make money, save money at anything, you know, so it was pretty bad, and it hurt a lot of friendships and relationships with people, even my parents, so don't get controlled by money, it's the root of all evil, the love of money, is the root of all evil, so don't really need that, but yeah, so I was sick of working and saving, I saved up $17,000 by the time I was 20, but you can never have enough money, you know, so... I realized that wasn't getting me anywhere, and I really wanted to go rafting, so I went up to Marcus's buddy from kindergarten, his name is Andy Warkin, and this camp I grew up going to called Kidder Creek, and it's an awesome camp, so I got the job as a rafting guide there, went out there, and like, I wasn't really a good Christian, you know, I grew up going to church, but it never really made that transfer into my heart, so I was basically a jerk to people, and... Not the greatest person to be around. And eventually I got fired from Kidder Creek rafting. The only job I ever wanted, I got fired from it. So I'm a story of redemption, and it's awesome. And yeah, that's pretty much what Jesus came to do, is just redeem people. So after that, got fired from Kidder Creek. Super bummed out. Only job I ever wanted. And I went to this thing called Rockside Ranch. It's a farm. You live and work there for three months and you do like Bible studies and take care of chickens is what they mostly had and wrestle pigs and just crazy stuff. So at first they're like, alright, it costs three thousand dollars for you to come here for three months. Like I'm still kinda controlled by money, I still had some. I'm like, I'm not paying three grand to come work on this dirty farm and shovel poop. Like, no, I'm not doing that. But then God opened the door. Craig texted me, the guy that runs it, and he's like, "All right, someone paid three thousand dollars for you to come here, and we could even pay you for the time that you're working." So I'm like, "All right, God, open that door. I gotta go to Rockside Ranch." So I went to that, and it was awesome. We went to um, this one uh, Bethel, Bethel music. I'm sure Drew plays it sometimes, but it's like awesome worship music. We went there. I didn't even want to go. I got in a fight with a kid over, like, sandwiches or something, so I didn't even want to get in the car and go, but I went, and I just got super, I don't want to say convicted, but maybe that's the word, convicted, and I just felt the Holy Spirit just so strong, and, like, when we were listening to music, I'm just, like, laying on the ground, crying like a baby, and it was awesome. It was beautiful. I just felt God's love, so that moment really clicked, and that's when I pretty much became a Christian, so this is about... Year and a half, two years ago, so summer camp, Rockside, and then that was three months. After that, there's this program called a uh, YWAM, Youth With a Mission. I'm sure, some of you guys have heard of it, but that cost eight thousand dollars, <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, this is ridiculous. I don't even have that much money if I wanted to go." But Rockside Ranch is cool. We got to meet a lot of people in the church and have dinner, connect with them. So we did that, and at the end, we did like a dessert auction, kind of like the auction we had the other day, but just desserts. Everybody made desserts, and people were buying cakes and pies for like $100 each, and I made $3,000 from that. And it's just so crazy how the Lord provides, and it's so good. So I went to that in Colorado. That was three months of schooling, and then a two-month missions outreach. We went to India for a month and Nepal for a month. So... All this happened in the past two years of my life. And I probably wouldn't have made it to YWAM in those places if I didn't get fired from Kidder Creek. So that's kind of where the redemption all plays in. And it's super crazy. So that's kind of my background and how I got to learn this stuff a little bit and how I want to share it with you guys. Cool. So yeah, the reason that we go over scripture. Oh yeah, and if you guys take notes, I'm a note taker. It helps you remember stuff if you take notes. Like I have a bunch of notes, I probably won't look at them again because there's so many, but just writing it down helps me remember. So yeah, if you guys are note takers, that's awesome. So yeah, in 2 Timothy 3.16, this is the reason why, well one of the reasons why we study scripture. It says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, Correcting and training in righteousness So yeah it teaches it corrects and it trains in righteousness So yeah, we are going through Romans right now And i'm picking up Romans 9 22 and i'm going to go through 10 to 4 and Marcus was saying this was a really hard text to go over. I heard him say it for weeks and weeks and weeks and, like I didn't really understand it until I started reading it myself. And I'm like, yeah, this stuff is intense. This made me rethink almost my whole view on God. Because I would like to think like, yeah, God is love. God is, like, yeah, just loves you so much. But in here it just talks about like anger and predestination. And he loves some people and hates other people. And I'm like, okay, I guess this isn't the God that I've been learning about like. There's more to it, which is awesome. There's always more to it. We're never going to fully know, but I did my best by the help of the Holy Spirit. So some of this is my interpretation. So, yeah, take it or leave it. Hopefully take it because we don't have food for you to take. So you got to take something. (laughs) Sweet. So when I was at Rockside, we did a Bible study. And there was like five or six steps First, we would pray, ask for the Holy Spirit to just give us insight on this, show us what he needs to show us. Then we would read the text three times. So you could do like a little section or like a small book. I wouldn't recommend the whole Bible because reading that three times is pretty rough. But just a small section, read it three times. You're just getting familiar with the text, what it's saying. And then you pick out a key word. So from Romans 9, 22... To ten four, the key word I picked out was righteousness, and the Bible that I'm using is the New Living Translation. Instead of righteous, it says right a lot, but it just means righteous. So every time it says that, you guys' Bibles will probably say righteous or something. But yeah, righteous. I looked it up in uh, the Strong's Concordance, which is basically a book that has every word in the Bible in it, every word explained. Because, like, righteous in this can mean something, if you flip to the Old Testament, righteous there. It can mean different things in different places. So this explains what righteous means. And this was kind of weird. It was a goose chase finding what it meant. But the first one in the Strong's was justification. And then it took me to another one that said, innocent or holy. This is for righteous. And the other one said, right. And this part is kind of scary right here. It says right, in parentheses, as self-evident. So what we think is right. And a lot of time in history, what people think is right is not right at all. So it's it's scary stuff. And for that one, it also said judgment, punish, or vengeance. Which is kind of scary words for righteousness, right? And then that would lead me... To another one, which meant to show. So all this comes from righteousness. So I worked it out, finding all the way, got to the end, to show. But if you take it back the other way, it made more sense to me. So if you want to be righteous, something has to show you. God has to show you how to be righteous. And then it takes you back to the other one, which can be from judgment, punish, or vengeance, unfortunately. Which is kind of crazy. But once you go through that part and experience that, it takes you back to being innocent and holy. Which leads you to justification, which is just being right, being righteous. Does that kind of make sense? Sweet. (laughs) Hoping it does. So yeah, you pray, read it three times, pick a key word that keeps popping out at you. Then you pick out a key verse. What is all this stuff trying to say to you? And the Bible is broken up, like you got chapter 9, then you read, and it's kind of broken up into paragraphs with different titles and headers. You guys know what I'm talking about? Here, I'll give you an example. So 9, it says, at the beginning of 9, it says, God's selection of Israel. And you keep going, and you can find some other stuff. But, like, the Bible really wasn't written like that. It was kind of written all together. But somebody just broke it up like this. But it's not meant to be broken up. That's why instead of just finishing at 9, we go into chapter 10, verse 4. Because that's still part of it. It's all together. So my key verse is Romans 10, 4. And this is out of the New King James Version. It says, For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone who believes. And yeah, so the Israelites, the Jewish people, were trying to get righteous, by following the law. They're trying to do all good deeds and just trying to get to God by that. But in here, he just breaks that down. And just by faith, you can be made righteous. So I'll just go over. I pretty much have every verse kind of planned out. Oh yeah, so pray, read, keyword, key verse. Then you come up with the title yourself, what it means to you. And my title for this section is, Our Sovereign God Wants Your Personal Faith. So sovereign means in control. Our in control God wants your personal faith. Not your parents' faith, not your brother's faith, your faith. So yeah, Marcus said, coming to church is awesome, you know, like, this is the religion side of it. But religion is not super important, really. Your relationship with God is what's important. So that's being at home, getting in the Word, listening to worship music, whatever you do. This is just a small part of it. One day out of seven. Doesn't really matter. But how you talk to God is what's important. So that's my title. Sovereign God wants your personal faith. And then this part, you make an outline. So Stephen at Rockside tried to teach us this for a whole three months, and every time me and the two other guys would try to do it, and we would always do it wrong, every single time. We tried our best, but like, it's just breaking it down, stuff that goes together. So if you guys have Bibles or phones or whatever, you could go with me through the text. We're going to start Romans 9, I'm going to read 22 and 23. So you break it down into sections. So this, 22 and 23, I titled this, Tough Love. And we'll read it real quick. All right, 922 says, In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. So it says he's patient on us, but he's also angry. And fathers and mothers, they can be angry at their children. But like, they don't hate their children. They still love them. But they're angry for what they did. So this still kind of makes sense to me. You know, this is, this is good. I would like my father to get angry with me if I did something wrong. Then the next verse, 23, is he does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy for who were prepared in advance for glory. So this is saying he's angry at people and like kind of punishes them to make his mercy shine brighter on the good people. So Nathan, Drew and I work lifts three days a week and people come skiing and snowboarding down to us and, after a day where it rains, and it freezes, and it's just ice, and we're just a face there, and they kind of take it out on us, it'd be like, this snow is terrible, like, this is so bad, why are we here, you know, we want a refund, we'd be like, well, it's not our fault, but Nathan would tell the people, these bad days make these powder days so much better, so it's crazy, that's how this is too, you know, like, God showing his anger on people, just so the people that he showed mercy on, you can see that so much more, and it's so much better, and I believe all of you being here and here in the word, you guys are all chosen just to be with God, like, yeah, it says, 33, he does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance for glory. So this sounds like predestination, prepared in advance, and I believe all you guys are prepared in advance for glory, because you guys are here, you're hearing the word, God wants you to be saved and have that relationship. So that's just so awesome. How am I doing on time? i still got a lot more. <laughs> Don't ask me, I go all over. All right, cool. See? <laughs> Yeah, he said only 20, 20, 30 minutes. I don't even know how long I've been up here, but we're just getting started, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Cool, so that's one section, 22 and 23. Then the next section is 24 through 29, and I titled this, Prophecies of God's Love for All. So yeah, 24, and we are among those whom he selected, both from the Jews and from the Gentiles, Concerning the Gentiles, God says in the prophecy of Hosea, Those who were not my people I will now call my people, and I will love those whom I did not love before. And then at the place where they were told, You are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. So this is basically, yeah, the Gentiles were not God's people, but here it's just fulfilling a prophecy saying that they will be God's people. It's not only the Israelites that are God people anymore. Everybody's God's children if they accept that and realize that he died on the cross for us. So it's not just the Jews anymore that are selected. Everybody's selected, and it's awesome. Then the next one, And concerning Israel, Isaiah the prophet cried out, Though the people of Israel are as numerous as the sands of the seashore, only a remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence upon the earth quickly and with finality. And Isaiah said the same thing in another place. If the Lord of heaven's armies had not spared a few of our children, we would be wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. So this is just two prophecies saying, one in Hosea, one in Isaiah, saying that everybody's saved now. Not just his chosen people, everybody's chosen if they choose to accept it. And, yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah, these are cities. Well, they were cities, but they got destroyed, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's like, you guys know the video game Super Mario Brothers? So that's basically what was going on. You know, people were, like, eating mushrooms and, like, getting all big, stealing gold coins, sacrificing turtles, you know, fighting over princesses. So God, he just destroys the city with like fireballs. And like I'm pretty sure this is level 5 if you play Super Mario. So it's just just crazy stuff going on. And yeah, Lot's wife, she lost her last life in that one too, so game over for her. <laughs> Think I'm making it up. Go it's in Genesis 19. So go look it up basically what happens. Level 5 on Super Mario. Yeah, crazy stuff. I'm excited to start reading the Old Testament some more if there's stuff like that going on. All right, so yeah, so 24 and 26, this is still how we did our Bible study, and I want you guys to do this so you can do this at home. Good way to get into the Word and just learn it yourself so you don't have to come here every Sunday to get your fill, you know, you can do this at home. So 24 and 26 are just talking about Hosea. 27 through 29 is Isaiah. So just breaking up the whole text, getting to know it better. And then, yeah, 30 and 33 is a different section. I broke it up again. And this one is how to be righteous. And it says, what does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God. It was by faith that took this place. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law never succeeded. So this is saying the Gentiles who weren't even trying to be righteous and be saved are saved just by faith. And the Israelites who worked super hard to be saved, they'd do everything that they could, they failed. They were not righteous by works. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. God chose these people that weren't even trying to be saved to be saved. And it's just super awesome. And then it says in 32, why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in him. They stumbled over a great rock in their path. God warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. So, yeah, verse 32 and 33 are just saying there's no shame in stumbling. I like the King James version of verse 33 and I got it on here. As it is written, behold, I lay in Sion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So this is saying that shame is not supposed to be an emotion we feel. I mean, we do bad things, but we just go to God because he forgives us of our sins. So shame is not even supposed to be a real thing. Don't even fall into that lie. That's straight from Satan. So don't feel ashamed if you believe in him. And it's interesting. This is talking about like a stumbling stone or a rock. This is totally my interpretation. But like if you're hiking or walking and like kind of not paying attention, looking around and you kick a rock and fall down or something, like you're going to stop and get up and rethink how you're walking. Like I need to start paying attention a little bit more, right? I feel like this is what happens when you're just hit with the gospel, when you see God's love and just see him. Like, you're going to trip on that and you're going to be like, wow, maybe I should rethink the way I'm living my life, you know. So that's what I got out of that, which is pretty awesome. Sweet. And then 10-4, I titled this, this is a different section too, and I titled this Stairway to Heaven or Highway to Hell. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, so ten four starting here. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is to the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misled or misdirected zeal. So Paul wrote this and he's saying like he wants the people of Israel to be saved. That's all he wants in his heart more than anything. And that's what the Israelites want, too. They have enthusiasm for God, it says. But it's misdirected zeal. So zeal is just like a burning passion. They have a burning passion for God. But they don't know how to express that. They don't know how to do that. It's kind of like, if you want to be an astronaut, right? More than anything in the world, you want to be an astronaut. You want to go to the moon and go to Mars and like, Have tea parties with aliens or whatever NASA does. That's your dream in life. But, like, you just sit there and crochet all day to get to that goal. Like, it's never going to work, you know. There's certain things you got to do. Like, don't waste it, you know. So these guys just had to have their eyes open to, like, works are not going to get us saved. It's by faith. All right. So three and four. Says here, For they don't understand God's ways of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him will be made right with God. This is just saying, the law is dead. Jesus broke the law in a good way. So, yeah, it's, it's done for. We don't have to follow the laws. We're never going to follow the laws. But just by believing him, having faith in him, we're righteous. So, yeah, that was the outline. It's super confusing because we never figured it out in three months. But if you guys want to figure that out more, I'll try to work with you. So pray, read, keyword, key verse, title, outline. And this one's kind of fun. It's an OIA which stands for Observation, Interpretation, Application. So observe, what is this text saying? Just take one verse, read it, observe it. Then interpretation, what do you think it means? And then application, how am I going to apply it to my life? So this is just giving it purpose, you know. We would do, um, in YWAM, this guy would say, all right, we read this, so what? Now what? Just figuring out what's the point of this. So 10:4 I did. God sent Christ to defeat the law. This is done by the cross. All who believe in him are righteous. It's my observation. Then my interpretation is the law used to make people righteous. We can't follow the law perfectly, so Christ died for our sins. So we don't have to be perfect. We just have to have faith. And faith is as big as a mustard seed. Which is pretty small. We don't even need that much faith. But that's enough. And then we're righteous with God. We're saints. And then my application is have full faith in God. Faith in finances, future plans, faith in your salvation. And live righteously by faith and without shame. So basically this is just saying have faith in God. You're not going to earn it by works, your salvation, and your righteousness. But if we go over to James 2, this is 18 through 24. 18 through 24 it says, Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You will say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. So I was just saying, we have to have faith, but it's not by faith alone. So you do need the works too. So I'm going to take us back to third grade right now. You guys remember the Venn diagrams? Which is the two circles. And they meet and cross in the middle. So you got your Venn diagram here. This one is faith. This one is works. So if you're just in the faith side, you're dead. And if you're just in the works side, you're also dead. But where those two meet in the middle is life. Where faith and works meet is life, and usually when I draw them, like, the middle is just a tiny section, and the other sides are bigger in my Venn diagram, and it's pretty, pretty small, and it's even, yeah, so it goes to Matthew, is what reminds me of the middle right there, because it's really small, it says, even though the narrow, even though the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. Only a few find it. So yeah, that middle just reminds me of like a narrow path. And it brought this to my mind. Like It's not a huge road to like heaven and stuff. And only a few people find it really. It's kind of sad, you know. But right in the middle, faith and works, that's your road right there. So just try to hit that and go with it, you know. And... Works can be scary, like going to pray for somebody can be scary. That's a work, but your faith and just everything that God has done in your life will back you up. Just know that he's in control. And yeah, it even says in Matthew 28, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, And behold, I am always with you to the end of the age. So yeah, it even says here, like, go preach the gospel. That's when your faith and works come in. That's our duty as Christians. And this is funny. I was walking through the Encore parking lot, and I found this card here. And on it, it's like for a hotel. It says, this card is 100% biodegradable. And I found this on the ground. So (laughs) they knew it was going to degrade. So they didn't even try to throw it in the trash can. They just, oh, this is fine. It's not trash. I'm just going to throw it on the ground. And this is what we do with our faith, with our salvation, with our works. So this card could either be your your guys' card for faith or for works. You could have so much faith. like, oh, got my faith card. I'm saved. You know, I'd. Don't need that. Or it could be, alright, I work so hard. Like, I do all this work for the church and do all this. Like, I don't even need this, you know. That's it. I'm done. I've done my duty. But it says, you need your faith and your works. You just can't have one or the other. You need both. And that's a hard thing to do. But only by Jesus we can do that. So, The three main takeaways that I want you guys to get today is this Bible study that it's it's fun, but I always butcher the outline, but just pray, read your section three times, pick out a keyword, look it up and see what the keyword actually means in that one. Get your key verse, make a title for it, make an outline going through all the verses, then your OIA, observation, interpretation, application. So Bible study, it's awesome. Fun thing to do if you got some time. And the second thing is we need faith and works to be righteous. We need both of them. The third thing is just hearing this message, hearing the good news. You guys have been chosen to walk with God. That's the best thing to ever happen in this life because it gives us eternal life, which is just amazing. We don't deserve it. But God is so good. All right, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We just thank you for everybody here and everybody hearing this message. We just thank you that you have chosen them just to live and walk with you. We just pray that their hearts and minds would be opened, that we would just live in faith and works to be righteous. We just thank you so much, and we pray that we would just spend time just to get to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.